0: Chapter 95 Big Plans Daryl was not happy with how that had played out. He checked the barricade again and cursed himself for dropping his guard and talking too much. With guys, he was like an ancient stone statue, silent and unmoving. He could go an eternity without speaking, but when a girl was in his vicinity, something turned on inside him. The switch that fired inside him wasn't sexual or a primal urge for conquest, It was more akin to a kindergarten participation trophy. It didn't mean shit, but made you feel special. Daryl just constantly needed someone letting him know he was normal, he was smart, and he had value. He spat a large globule of bile over the side of the building and let the hate well up inside him. Hate for Max, hate for Donald, hate for Jake, and most importantly hate for himself for getting into this fucking travesty. He relented on his hate for Jake. He was way too lovable and was just doing him a solid. Even though Jake didn't know about his big plans, he was helping him get there. His big plans weren't that big, in reality. He couldn't even really tell anyone. He would have to move in silence for a couple years before breaking out. It had all started with a small book in the prison library, a small book that had sparked his imagination, coupled with some small talk with his fellow inmates in the gym. Everyone in jail had big plans to get out and start up a lucrative weed business. The ideas ranged from the best weed cookies you've ever tasted to the best weed delivery service in town, and Daryl listened intently at their ridiculous notions on how to succeed in business. When he saw the book, all their stupid plans came into focus. They were misguided. Their thoughts were small and had no endgame other than a meager living or ending up back in prison. He had been in the library minding his own business, which was his favorite thing to do besides jerking off to faceless girls. The book was small and looked like it was designed for kids, not hardened criminals, but it sent Daryl down a rabbit hole. A rabbit hole where he would not be an outlet for weed, which was now legal in the state of California. He would be the source. The book was entitled, Bernie S. Lomax's Guide to Horticulture. It didn't tell him how to grow weed but it gave him the idea to do it. Now, thinking about his plans to leave LA and start up a farm that was centered purely around growing weed made Daryl the angriest he had ever felt. It was supposed to be his happy thought, but now in the chaos it was a pipe dream. The city was on fire, there were literally dead people running around, and all his plans were up in the air. The rampage he had gone on earlier that day was fueled by his need to end this madness, to get everything back in order so he could just have a shot at living the life he deserved, he momentarily thought about jumping over the edge of the building and putting all his failures to rest when an unusual beep came from his pocket. Motherfucker, Daryl said as he pulled his phone out and looked at it. It wasn't Jake, as he expected. It was the phone itself, flashing, telling him that he had 5% battery left and his connection to the outside world, which only consisted of Jake and Donald, was about to expire. His anger now was like a volcano ready to burst. Deep down, he didn't want to do it, but he needed to up the ante on this situation and show everyone that he was King Daryl, like the skinny white bitch had said. She said she was an actress, he thought. I'm going to put on a fucking show. Levi Strauss is going to pay me to give him acting lessons. He had a new sense of purpose, and making people happy wasn't a part of it. Lynn? Sarah said under her breath as she nodded her head towards the approaching Daryl. Daryl heard her and saw her do it. He watched Lynn wait a second or two before looking up in his direction, and he was already looking straight at her when their eyes met. He felt like the schoolyard bully about to beat up a kid half his size, but he knew it needed to be done. It was the end of the world. There were no rules. It was kill or be killed. Let me see that phone, Daryl said stiffly. Lynn looked up at Daryl with a face of sadness and woe. She's just a child, please let her be, Lynn pleaded as she patted Ava's hair. I said, give me a look at that phone, Daryl said, this time louder and with more venom. Lynn flinched. Daryl was standing over her and Ava, casting a shadow over both of them. Leave her alone, Sarah started. Didn't you just tell me you were going to be rational? Don't. Daryl interrupted, waving his hand to visually cut her off. Just don't. Come on, darling, Lynn said soothingly as she looked between Darrell's silhouette and Ava. Let the man play your game. Ava started humming to herself, ignoring Lynn and the man demanding the phone from her. Darrell studied her face before he grew impatient and reached into the tent and ripped the phone from Ava's hands. Ava froze her tiny hands still in the position they were in while she gripped the phone. Daryl thanked God for his dark complexion, because his cheeks were on fire. He was so embarrassed. Lynn slapped at his tree-trunk-like arm, but it was like a faint touch. He knew he probably could have just asked for it again, but like the car, that would have left him open to them saying no. And that would have been even more emasculating.